This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. to Amazing Avenue Audio's Unformidable, uh, where we take a look back at one of the less heralded myths in our beloved franchise's quirky history, because uh, every player who puts on that Met uniform is, in their own way, unformidable. Uh, so we're here with episode 10. Wow. And they said it wouldn't last. Um, huh. So episode 10 today. I'm um, recording this uh, just after, uh, you know, the Mets have just visited, and uh, uh, their old friend Justin Turner, uh, after uh, he played, played an unfortunate role in a very painful defeat uh, Wednesday night, um, and by the end of the coming week, by the time you're all listening to this podcast, uh, we're going to be welcoming back another old friend, uh, Mr. Daniel Murphy. Uh, you know, it's kind of absurd to me the the dislike some people might have for these players. Uh, you know, Murph, Murph in particular, of course, uh, I mean, gave us some of the best memories uh, of recent Met vintage that we could have. Um, if you want to quibble about his, you know, politics, that's fine, but you could probably do that with many a ball player. Uh, and I, I always loved JT. He was, a, he was a fun utility infielder who my friends and I met at City Winery one night, and he was uh, a lot of fun and definitely seemed like he had thrown back more than a few um but you know it's really neither of their faults in my opinion that uh, in any I, 
not my opinion. It's not their fault that they got precipitously better after the Mets gave up on them. Uh, really not something to hold against them. It's just one more brick to hold against the wall of our very frustrating organization. At any rate, this put me in mind of a somewhat less heralded, or at least less complained about, middle infielder who departed the Mets to see better days, um, maybe not immediately thereafter, but eventually. Um, and most of those better days, or some of those better days, were with the uh, incoming San Francisco Giants, um, and that being one Mr. Marco Scudero. So Scudero uh, originally signed with the Cleveland Indians as an amateur free agent uh, July 26th, 1994, which would have made him uh, probably still 18, his birthday... I'm looking up now is in October of 75. Uh, go ahead and check my math if you must. Um, uh, growing up, uh, Scooter apparently idealized uh, Omar Vizquel, uh, his fellow Venezuelan shortstop. And while it would take him a long time and several teams removed from those that Indians organization, uh, Scooter eventually would be a starting shortstop in the major leagues. Uh, he, although he's known more for playing second base um, and had a pretty successful career as a late bloomer, stop me if you've heard this before, long after his tenure with the New York Mets. Those, those successful careers usually often are uh, before or after people's tenures with the New York Mets, isn't it? Uh, looking forward to the Robbie Cano unformidable many years from now. I know I'm uh, going against the Amazing Avenue company line on that, but still not happy we brought him on. But anyway, it's not not about that. That that's the future. Today we're talking about the past, and that's Marco Scudero, who uh, was traded by the Indians to the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, the trade was consummated August thirtieth, two thousand, and I'll I'll say that because uh, he didn't go on the thirtieth uh, trade with. Kane Davis, Paul Rigdon, and Richie Sexton, and a player to be named later, went to the Milwaukee Brewers for Jason Beret, Bob Wickman, and Steve Woodard. Those are some names. Uh, but I mention that because, obviously, Scudero was the player to be named later, and if you've never seen it, he was actually featured in a really interesting documentary film. Uh, I don't think the movie came out till a few years later. Uh, might have been when he was with the Mets. I don't remember exactly, but it was called A Player to be Named Later. Um, followed various players from the Indians AAA team. Uh, I'm sorry, no, it was a, an Indianapolis team, but it was, it was the Brewers AAA team uh, for one season. It was very, like, hard knocks. It was very, very moving. I thought very good movie, uh, focusing on minor leaguers uh, <clears throat> and I think really humanizes and makes potent something that's still ongoing today and that like people focus on the hundreds of millions of dollars these you know superstars make but on how underpaid and the struggle of minor league players who are you know aside from maybe the few bonus babies out there uh but yeah there was like one player who you know they got got cut uh you know right after they purchased a house uh you know, it's life and an infant. Uh, it, it's a really good documentary. I, I couldn't help. I, I, I want to go see it again. I wish I should have watched it before I recorded this podcast. But go ahead, go on. So Scudero spent that, some time in the Brewers organization, uh, but was waived before the start of the 2002 season. Uh, here's another great name. The Brewers waived him to make room on their roster for Nelson Figueroa. 
the Met connections are deep here. Uh, but the Mets claimed him off of waivers at the start of the 2002 season on April 5th, and Marco Scudero joined the Amazons and their organization. So in 2002, uh, Scudero had a very solid season at age 26 for the Norfolk Tides, uh, made the AAA All-Star team in the summer uh, when he was hitting uh, 336 at the break, ultimately hit 319 for the whole season in AAA, but he did not spend the whole season in AAA because uh, on in July of 2002, the Mets called Marco Scudero up to the majors to make his major league debut. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Scooter was called up on July 19th. Uh, the Mets brought him up to replace an injured Joe McEwing. Uh, which I think made me irrationally happy. I I irrationally hated Joe McEwing. Just the whole Super Joe, Cardinal way, uh, Scrappy plays the game the right way. And if he wasn't a fucking Cardinal and, you know, white and whatever, I would have no given a crap about Joe McEwing. And I hated that, like, people always wanted him to play more and whatever. I think they talked about him managing the team. Just like, oh, it irrationally infuriates me. So... Joe McEwing was injured, so great. Uh, the Mets brought someone up and probably made me happy, even though I had no idea who, who this freaking guy was. Uh, There's a great story, apparently, about Scudero getting called up in Cincinnati and went up to Bobby Valentine to introduce himself at the hotel, and Bobby Valentine basically thinking it was some kid asking for an autograph and, you know, just being like, who are you? And Scudero's like, I just got called up. Uh, so uh, it's a fun story, but... Uh, According to rumor, Scudero did become a Bobby Valentine favorite, uh, though he did not get a ton of playing time. The playing time wouldn't really leave that out. Uh, he made his major league debut a couple of days later, July 21st, pinch hitting against the Reds, uh, went 0 for 1. Would not get a lot of playing time in that 2002 team. Uh, pulled off, uh, he had 27 games, uh, 38 plate appearances, pulled off the rare feat of uh, having a higher batting average than on-base percentage, uh, batting 222 uh, in his at-bats, but having a 216 on-base percentage thanks to a sacrifice bunt and a sacrifice fly. Scudero had a very similar uh, 2003 in the Met organization, spending most of his time in, uh, in the minors, but uh, did spend some time with the big club, 48 more games, uh, 91 plate appearances, uh, again, a 213 batting average, although this time the uh, the good eye that he would develop, 
developed later in his career, really showed off uh, getting uh, 13 walks in those 91 plate appearances for a more palatable 333 on base percentage. Um, but obviously he was, um, you know, more of a utility player at best looked at, and the Mets released him at the end of the offseason. Uh, so uh, in his Met career, he only uh, appeared in 75 games and made 129 plate appearances, uh, 111 at bats, uh, 651 OPS, uh, so not much of a mark as a Met, but as the story goes, sometimes uh, Scudero would go on to make uh, to have a very lengthy career after that and make uh, make a mark in Major League Baseball in the regular season and particularly in the postseason. So Scudero was claimed off waivers by the A's after the Mets released him, uh, and in the 2004 spring training, so you know he's picked up in the 2003 off season. Uh, Mark Ellis uh, had an injury. Uh, he, was put, he was the second baseman at the time, and gave Scudero an opening that uh, he would exploit, and he would never, never see the minor leagues again. Uh, he he was, spent four years in Oakland, uh, primarily as a you know kind of poor man's Ben Zobrist type. Uh, I know everyone hates the overused Ben Zobrist type. Uh, you know, I don't think he played the outfield, but you know really just a the utility infielder uh, making about, you know, 300, 400 at-bats a year, uh, and just, uh, being a serviceable player. He never reached 100 uh, OPS plus in those years, but, you know, 2006, uh, 747 OPS, it looks like, um, you know, just his playing time started to increase and uh, started to uh, really develop a little bit as a player, and by the end of his time with the A's, Scudero had moved up in the world. Instead of being claimed off waivers, uh, he was actually traded for other live humans, uh, in this case to the Toronto Blue Jays for two minor league pitchers. Um, And it was really with Toronto in 2008 and 2009 that uh, Scudero kind of went from a super utility, uh, to use an overused phrase, to just a really good goddamn player. Uh, he, he did start off kind of as a jack-of-all-trades with Toronto in 2008, uh, playing, he, he did appear in 145 games, just moved around a lot, uh, second, third, and short, uh, but in that 2008 season, Scooter had a solid <clears throat> offensive year and was excellent defensively, putting up 4.5 war, according to baseball reference. And then in 2009, Scudero lived the dream he had as a teenager, was a starting shortstop in the major leagues. Maybe he didn't dream of it in Canada, but Toronto seems like a nice place. Uh, and he had far and away his uh, best overall season, uh, 12 homers, 14 stolen bases, 90 walks against 75 strikeouts, uh, is 789 OPS, and, and again, uh, it was rated excellent defensively and put up 5.4 B-War at age 33 uh, as an everyday shortstop in the major leagues and just an incredibly solid player. In the 2009 offseason, Scudero agreed to a two-year, $11 million deal with the Boston Red Sox. Hey, remember when teams signed veteran free agents in the offseason? In, in December, too. How about that? In the 2012 offseason, after two years in Boston, Scudero was traded to the Colorado Rockies, uh, who then traded him close to the 2012 trade deadline to the San Francisco Giants uh, for Charlie Culberson. And it's perhaps as a Giant that he is most well-remembered. He arrived with the Giants on July 27th, 2012, 
and over 61 games hit 362, uh, leading the Giants into the playoffs. And but but it was the, that that playoff season that moved him squarely from utility player, nice, scrappy, likable player, into the limelight. Marco Scudero won the NLCS MVP in 2012, tying an NLCS record with 14 hits, going 14 for 28 uh, in a closely fought seven-game series in which the Giants prevailed over the Cardinals to move to their second World Series in three years. And while he had a less successful World Series in 2012, he did get a, a big hit when it mattered. In Game 4 of a series, the Giants were up three games to none, in the top of the 10th inning, Scudero lined a base hit to center to score the eventual World Series winning run. Uh, an inning later, Sergio Romo made it hold up, if my memory serves, uh, freezing Miguel Cabrera on a pretty wicked slider. No, fastball. I think everyone was sitting on the slider. I think he slipped a fastball by him to end the World Series. Perhaps a World Series winning hit isn't quite as exciting when your team's up three games to none as, say, Joe Carter or Bill Mazeroski, but that's still a pretty cool feat to be remembered for, and Marco Scudero, I'm sure, is fondly remembered in San Francisco for those postseason exploits in 2012. Scudero actually started off 2013 incredibly well and made the 2013 All-Star team the first and only time he was an All-Star in his career. Uh, I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't be surprised, looking at his numbers, if the uh, off-season, the, the postseason of 2012 and the fact that his manager was managing the team may have helped a little bit, but uh, what a nice little reward for a, you know, for a solid major league citizen. Then in age 37, he actually had a pretty good, pretty good numbers. He had a 109 OPS plus in 2013, uh, hit 297, a 357 on base percentage. But uh, Scudero was 37 and uh, started to have serious back issues that forced him to the disabled list before the end of the season. And that injury really kind of foretold the winding down of a a late developing but surprisingly impressive career. Uh, he spent most of 2014 on the disabled list with the Giants. He only managed to get in five games uh, and have 11 at-bats. He underwent back surgery in the offseason, and that effectively ended his career. The Giants uh, released him during the 2015 offseason, but they did re-sign him uh, to a major league contract in the middle of 2015 and put him immediately on the 60-day disabled list to enable him to continue to rehabilitate his injury. Uh, it was pretty clear he wasn't going to play again, but they just wanted to give him the opportunity to uh, maintain quality of life. So, nice gesture. Uh, I don't know if I can imagine the Metropolitan Organization making such a gesture, but I uh, thought that was a nice story as well. So Marco Scudero played 13 years, 1,391 games, 5,486 plate appearances, only 75 of those games and 129 of those plate appearances with the New York Mets. But uh, what a nice little career, 77 home runs, 277 career batting average, uh, 341 career on-base percentage, and 22.1 career war, and a, an NLCS MVP and a World Series game-winning hit. Not bad for someone 
not good enough to be a utility infielder for the 2002 and 2003 New York Mets. So enjoy the Mets and the Giants this week, and even if we don't think of them in the same breath as Justin Turner or Daniel Murphy, uh, think a bit of Marco Scudero and his fine Major League career. Thank you for listening to Unformidable. Please go to AmazonAvenue.com for more Mets-related content. Follow Amazon Avenue on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find this and all of our Amazon pods wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and leave a review on your podcast source of choice. It really helps. Original music by Bunga, and you can reach me on Twitter at WolfRR or the show itself at Unformidable. Thank you, and let's go Mets.